As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would you believe the truth or the person that you trusted most in the world? She was a loving housewife. He was a hardworking husband. Together, they shared three precious boys. Their marriage wasn't perfect, but there was love between them, and it worked right until that faithful day when it all fell apart. This is the true story of Amanda, who, through no fault of her own, found herself caught up by the darkest, most insidious corners of the criminal world of sex trafficking minors. Her husband, the man she loved, and the father of her children was the criminal. And when it all came down, she was left holding the pieces. This is a book written for the women left in the shadows in the aftermath, the spouses and partners who lose everything in an instant, but still have to keep going, navigating through complex legal systems, coming to terms with the betrayal, and somehow holding it all together for the kids, the ones nobody talks about except in hushed whispers. Much more than a memoir, this book is also a beacon of light and hope for others in the same situation. My message to the world is really quite simple. The only person who can change your life is you. Every single person has the power to choose differently. Are you ready? It's time to shake off the shackles of the past that were put on you by another. It is time to step into your own power. It is time to trust yourself. It is time to begin to heal. Please visit thesextraffickerswife.com for more information. This podcast involves topics such as violence, sex, and mental illness. If this might disturb you or those around you, please reconsider. It's okay. Privacy and confidentiality have been protected with personal information removed when possible. If you ever feel unsafe or suicidal, please call your local crisis center, emergency services, or national hotline. In the U.S., the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one 800 732-8255. You matter. Hey, this is Kate. Once in a while, I have somebody come on my show who doesn't have a show yet, doesn't have a book yet, has projects in mind, but hasn't pushed on them. Which is not to say I'm pushy, but maybe I'm kind of pushy. But in this case, I didn't have a, a project creation in mind that, that I wanted this person to do. It was a matter of, I just wanted to talk to him. This is my friend Bird. I've known him since high school. He has an actual name, but... We'll tell the story. He's bird to me. I can't not. And within a fairly brief amount of time, we start talking about how and why to start a podcast and whether he should. And I can tell you that since the recording of this episode, which was in January, so it's not that long ago, I've heard 
practice trailers for his new show. So either he's very suggestible or I'm pushy. I suspect it's the latter. That's okay with me. I think he's got an important concept that's worth sharing. Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss. Hey, this is Bird. Kate gave me this name back in high school, and I will never forget the whole whole story surrounding it. Um, starts out something like this: One time at band camp. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> you are completely uh, accurate so far. Let me just. <laughs> <laughs> so this one time at band camp. Um, it was a night where my cabin had been raided numerous times, shaving cream, bombs exploding and, uh, having to stand out at attention for God knows how many hours. Uh, I come into breakfast and there's Kate and I'm like, hi, Kate. And I died immediately. It wasn't me, by the way. It wasn't me that did the rating. No. I did other things at band camp that were not appropriate, but I did not raid Bird's Cabin ever, I don't think. We'll go with that. Sure. Okay. In any case, and Kate just sits there, jaw drops open, and she's like, oh my God, you sound just like Mr. Snuffleupagus. But saying hi, Mr. Snuffleupagus is just too damn long. So... Hi, bird. And it stuck. <laughs> it stuck. It's one of my like crowning achievements of high school, I have to say. Like, I mean, I was just upstairs hey, earlier. I, 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 I was, I was upstairs, like talking to Willem about. Okay, I'm recording in a little bit, and he's like, "Yeah, I just checked the calendar. Is this?" Our bird, like the bird that I've met, is this bird? Bird? And I'm like, absolutely. And so, pretty sure, and we're like, uh, like a spoken version of bird is the word. Like that's that's what the conversation started to sound like. But so you're well known, you're famous, like you're huge <laughs> in Massachusetts. Well, hey, I had no idea. That's that's pretty exciting. <laughs> so yeah, we got through. But you, I, you know, I mean, I've known you for what, twenty minutes, half an hour, anyway. Yeah, minute. Yeah, definitely a minute or two. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been, but, it, but like for for you know, we we were in marching band together. I'm a year older, and so mm-hmm. I'm just one extra year traumatized. But I escaped high school a year, like a, with in three years instead of four. So. Mm-hmm. I, I got different trauma then because I went to a, an engineering school, which has its own issues, but you know, and you know, we've been in touch on and off since then. We got together once when my oldest was a couple of years old. Yes. That but sounds. F- for the most part, like it's, it's been more virtual. It's been more pa- ships passing in the night. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like, you know, Yahoo messenger saying like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Liking each other's posts here and there. It's true. Now, so you you don't you don't live. So we grew up in upstate New York. You don't live there. I don't live there. Do you return ever? Oh God! The last time I have been there was. Let me think here. You looked at your you looked at your watch. <laughs> I understand. I do. It, it it's been a minute. It's, it's been, been a minute. A minute. So the last time I was there was in August of 2015, and I can pinpoint it very specifically. So my my mother used to live 
there even after I moved away and my mother mm -hmm. got married. And in one weekend, my mother got married and now lives in Syracuse, as far as I understand. Um, I met her husband at the wedding. So I've met him once. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, we go way back. And um, that explains a lot right there. And um, that same weekend, we had our youngest kiddo. So I got four now uh, baptized, which was not like I, I've, I've explained before that, you know, Willem and I are not practicing Christians, but we wanted to formalize the relationship with our kids godparents and so all four of them have the same pair of godparents and what i love about them and you would understand this based on where we grew up so they've got three adult children of their own and when i say adult children like their their children are are 60 probably by now i i need to sit with this for a second but okay and their two sons do, did the whole you know cishet white male as far as I know, monogamous marriage, 2.5 kids, dog, white picket fence, upstate New York. Very typical. Mm -hmm. Their daughter, who I think is the youngest of their kids, has been married at least three or four times. I don't know. Collect them all. You know, like, gotcha. I guess. And like, fine. If, that, that's, if that's her hobby, cool. Go for it. But her second or third partner was a not when i say big i don't mean overweight i mean like scare the crap out of you like just intense she may have been like 12 pounds i don't know but it was a to my in my memory an enormous black woman from texas hmm. right and so for upstate new york in a fairly conservative community to have a same-sex partner from a different racial background was a big deal and my kids godparents their reaction to this was i'll have her come up and join us for thanksgiving no big and i was like that's what i want that's what i want my kids to see is that version of religion mm -hmm. of if you're gonna have a religion it should be open and welcoming and comforting and so yeah that was that so we had our last one baptized and then we've never been back also and i love saying this because it is stone truth that's the weekend that my husband met his biological mother at the zoo as one does okay because it turns out like he wasn't born in the area but she's one of like dozens she's one of like seven kids and one of she for a little while lived near us during the pregnancy and so since we were going to be close by and she she had lived outside of scranton by then and so she was like i'll come up and meet because we'd been in touch by email for years then and so it was just okay. a wild weekend is the is the point is that that whole weekend was like wedding and baptism and meet the biological mother and then never return yeah, I, I can see why. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's pretty heavy. It's I mean, but why would we return though? It seems like you kind of did it all that weekend, you know. You know, and 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 I mean, I'm sure that there are people with like healthy families and stuff that they go back and visit, but not me, not me. Well, unfortunately, not all families are healthy and happy. No. So you may end up being the only bird ever, I think, is is the point. I'll take it. I, I, as well, you should, I think. <laughs> and so we've been, we've been talking for, you know, especially over the past, I'd say, six months about like, I'm like, you should come on my show. And you're like, why would I do that? And I'm like, I don't know. So you had, you, you had a comment question earlier i mean as people do you know some people are just like sure i'll show up on your show and we'll just see what happens and other people want to like know what we're going to talk about and stuff which is very grown up of you but you were like hey i've been thinking about starting a podcast myself really it's an idea that's been kind of kicking around um i mean i i know i've, I've heard your advice that you give to people 
which is pretty much don't. I get well, it. Well, really? No, you, because I well, okay, well, okay, I, so okay. I've you know what? Iterations of that. Okay, so it was on. I, I'm I'm just referencing one of your your more recent podcast episodes where where you were discussing with with someone else and about podcasting and, and you were just like unless you really have something just don't so i i suppose it's not 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 an overall umbrella don't but in any case it's a time consuming energy consuming thing in which you open yourself to public criticism and allow strangers some peek into your life so if I haven't talked you into it yet, that you know, but there are downsides for sure. And I think some people think that like they're just going to dive into podcasting and immediately have, you know, thousands of downloads per episode or make money from it. And I'm like, look, I, I scraped together part-time income for full-time work. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that people be realistic Mm-hmm. about it but i'm also of the opinion that man if you got an idea to try any creative outlet give it a shot like to me the worst that happens is you realize this is not my thing this is true and you know what on the other hand kate i just to jump back to high school again i know i'm totally jumping jumping train tracks here but uh you have opened me up to a number of different ideas and I've got to say I don't regret any of them for example it was during a marching band practice I believe that you were like you know what you should try out for corral and I'm like why would I do that and you're like just do it just I'm trying out you try out and corral for those listening is like you know our high school has a chorus which like if you can make noise you can be in chorus, but then chorale is like the audition higher level. And then beyond that is jazz choir. And I was never good enough for jazz choir. Okay. Well, you know what? It's still your fault that I ended up in jazz choir. I accept blame for this. That's <laughs> so, so I, that being said, you know, who knows with this, this idea that I've been tinkering with. And honestly, it's not even my idea originally. It, it's my wife's. Um, and um, she says that I just have a way of being able to just kind of take her her like misformed gelatinous ideas and being able to, you know, kind of make them a bit more coherent. So oh, see, I do the opposite. So we're good. Yeah, I follow. You, you want to do what I do with the, the other way around, like instead of ripping it into little tiny pieces and until I finally figure out you're able to just intuitively figure things out. Yeah. So I, it's, it's kind of comes out of like, she has been an active troll online. Um, primarily with the whole idea that, you know, we live in a country without a healthcare system. You know, we, we live in a country that is, is, you know, dependent on a for-profit insurance industry as opposed to actually providing health care for people so she's you know when, when she sees a politician whether it's especially if it's one of our local politicians but you know whether it's the you know the president or or some member of the squad or whoever you know makes some comment of like oh look at this thing that we're doing and she'll just drop a health care polls so it's it's this idea is kind of taken from that um at least partially from from the trolling idea um the idea the premise is basically we live in a country where we do not have a national health care system the basis of health care in the wealthiest country is to have people buy into insurance policies which are subject to monthly premiums co-pays deductibles multi-tiered medication formularies and pre-approval for various procedures and treatments. Many cannot afford to pay the copays or afford to meet the deductibles of their plans after they have paid for the premium, uh, the policy premiums. GoFundMe is the number one way for people to attempt raising money for treatment, including life-saving procedures. 
Okay. And it has been repeatedly said that people should not seek medical advice from social media, but should seek it from the, uh, they should seek the advice of a medical practitioner. That being said, where are people supposed to turn if they're unable to afford copays to see a doctor? So that's, that's the premise of, of the, so uh, you would talk to doctors, you would um, just make shit up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in. Okay. Well, well, um, basically here's, here's, and this is all still kind of baking, not even actually, I don't think we're to the baking part yet, but, um, uh, stirring, but, mixing. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Maybe still searching for a few ingredients here and there. Whisking. Got it. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so the process that I have in mind so far is obtain stories from individuals who are uninsured, underinsured, or even insured and discuss their medical dilemmas and the financial barriers to obtaining treatment. Uh, then we would post requests for advice on social media, see what suggestions people come up with, reply in earnest to those who question or seem sympathetic compile responses and come up with a narrative that explains the problem versus the solutions proposed. And then a, a record a discussion about the uh, compilation of ideas and either do this with the original submitter, possibly with actors. It depends on you know the format that, that ends up coming into fruition. And overall, the process, uh, the purpose being to bring attention to the plight of those who aren't able to garner attention for their inability to adequately navigate the capitalist system that we have in order to get the treatment they need. And it's a, it's a hellscape for, oh. for real. Like I'm doubly insured myself because I'm, I'm on being on disability. I'm on Medicaid, although only the hospitalization and pharmaceutical plans because I am also covered under my husband's private insurance for family plan, which uh -huh. people in the US are like, I follow and people outside are going, what are you doing? And, we're, and let me, let me tell you that the answer right now is we don't know. We don't know. But so with the specifically the prescriptions, I used to be on a whole bunch, like a lot, a lot to be specific. And I'm down to only a couple. Now that I have to take one of them being my anti-epileptic, uh -huh. anti-convulsant, and with the two plans, so I, I apply both private insurance and Medicaid. For I, I'm not, I don't know why I'm allowed to do this. I don't understand. Like I've literally worked in the system, and I don't understand the system. So that's fun. But I have both. I'm I'm allowed to apply both. And so I'm, I was I'm able to knock it down so that I spend about 30 bucks a month, which is really, really great because if I wasn't insured and I've gone through times where I've either been uninsured, underinsured, or didn't get a prior authorization. Oh, and that's when I learned. And we talked before hitting record about the fact that I don't have any cardiac issues and I'm a little surprised that I didn't just drop with a heart attack then and there, because that's when I learned that without insurance, using like a good RX or a coupon system of that type, right? That all of that stuff put together, I was gonna pay about $3,000 a month to not die. And, um, I don't know if you have an extra $3,000 a month laying around, but mm. I damn well don't. Yeah. yeah. And Unfortunately, that's, that's not my situation. And I can tell you that's not a lot of people's situation. It, it's terrifying. And, and, and the thing is, it's, so it's an anticonvulsant. And the first one that I tried is sort of the older school one, which makes it cheaper, which is why they prescribe it. Uh -huh. And you know how you look on the side of the box and it gives you all these like warnings about like this may happen that may happen that this may happen and i don't recall this because i was this was after my first so the first time i had a seizure i was 36 38 38 and i spent five hours in what's called status epilepticus is where you just keep having a seizure just that was just all i did that day 
and that was fun and and, and this is like they kept pumping you know i'm in the er they kept pumping me high with with benzos and benadryl and other things and and i would calm down for like half an hour and then i would have another seizure and so you know it's just it reached a point of farce almost and so i don't the 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 neurologist that saw me in the hospital didn't speak to me about this because i was still not competent to speak for myself and also not physically able because i had bit my tongue so there was that So my husband remembers, though, that she looked at him and she said, here's the list of possible side effects. And his answer was, oh, she's going to have every one of those. Absolutely. Because the, the, the likelihood is something like one third of all people who take this medication have these side effects. And he's like, oh, she's going to have them then. No question. Like anything above like five or 10 percent, it, it's going to happen. And she's like, well, you never know. And he's like, oh, no, sometimes, you know, but OK. And one of the side effects was suicidal ideation and i've been depressed to the point of considering suicide but was out of that was this was years later i was stable emotionally i was doing fine except for the whole you know hey i have epilepsy surprise but you know but was doing fine and one morning so the thing about seizures that a lot of people don't realize when you have a tonic clonic seizure which is a you know what they used to call a grand mal seizure which i just love the grand mal means big bad and that's really what it is it's you hurt because all you all of your muscles clench and so everything hurts like your hair hurts your fingertips hurt everything hurts and so you sleep a lot for a couple of days but I was home. This was maybe three, four, five days after the seizure. They released me from the hospital. And I went downstairs, and Willem was talking to one of the kids in the living room, and I waited until the kid left. And Willem looks at me, he's like, how's you doing today? And I said, um, I'm fine, but I'm suicidal. And he's like, are you depressed? And I'm like, absolutely not. No. And he's like, oh, it's the meds. And I'm like, yeah, I think it's the meds. And so... We we tried the cheaper meds route, and uh-huh. and and obviously that was not going to be the thing. And so I got put on this other medication, and and I was very lucky that the second med we tried worked. And so I will, you know, fight tooth and nail to stay on it. But three thousand dollars a month, like that's just that's just ridiculous. Like that that's that's a number that's so. That's all. That's that's more than I earned at my first full time job, like appreciably more because I'm old. And so, mm-hmm. like, I think what I'm saying is bring me on your show, <laughs> 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 you know, but yeah, it's and I know people who have to choose between am I going to eat today or am I going to get my meds today? Am I going to? Am I going to medicate for my heart disease or am I going to medicate for my diabetes because I can't do both? Right, right. You know, uh, am I, you know, or they're like, one of my meds is causing a problem, but I don't know which doctor to see Mm -hmm. to choose the correct one or how to do all that. So absolutely is you do it. Yeah. 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 No, no, no pressure or anything, but yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, even even my own experience is um, I can't even remember. I I think it was because I had to get an MRI and because I my knee last summer, my knee went out on me. I was walking up the stairs all of a sudden pop mm-hmm. and I'm like, I cannot continue walking up the stairs. I cannot even move anywhere because I am in so much incredible pain actually ended up having to call one of my neighbors who came over and like picked me up and carried me down the stairs. But, uh, in order to get an MRI, um, looking at the insurance, it was like that the policy holder is responsible for 30% of the allowable charges after whatever. And it's like, uh, what the hell does that mean? 30% of the allowable charges. So, you know, we're calling up the insurance company and we're like, what does this mean? What, what is the amount that I would have to pay? Well, you know, it's a formulary. We have to look at the, you know, compare the costs between providers in an area and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, that's not really helpful. Well, if you call the doctor, they should be able to tell you. 
okay. So I called the doctor and they're like, well, that's actually set by the insurance company. <laughs> so it's like, what the heck am I supposed to do here? I mean, I don't know. Is this going to cost me 50 bucks? Is this going to cost me $275? Is this going to cost me $2,000? I mean, what is 30% of the allowable costs? I don't have any idea what this even means. So, you know, and, and that's, again, you know, someone with insurance. I don't know. I don't know what that means. And there's so many things that are that are like that. And if you look into your uh, your your little annual policy booklet and that's you know 93 plus pages and and you're like well you know okay this is straightforward ish because you know it's like okay if the meds uh okay generics are ten dollars first tier are twenty dollars wait Never mind, not really all that clear at all. But, anyways, right? No, exactly. I mean, so five days before the school year, my husband's a, an educator, and five days before the school year, he switched jobs this year, which uh, was exciting. It, it mm -hmm. was an exciting time for all of us. But mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was the right decision. It, the, where he was at before was just sort of a toxic work environment, mm -hmm. fundamentally. Plus, it's only like 11 miles from here we live in salem and he worked in boston but that's an hour and a half each way and right. the job he took is 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 teaching at the local high school which is one quarter mile like he could he could do like a stop drop and roll and get home mm -hmm. if he had to you know what i'm saying like he, right. he, he could just somersault home and so for yeah, you know, you're if if you're in a marriage, you you understand that we randomly get weird roles in marriage, and at some point you look back and you're like, wait, why is this my job? Like, how did that? How did this happen? Like, some of it makes sense. Like, you know, around, so around my house, most physical labor is Willem's and now the kids because I'm on disability. Fair, okay, that makes sense. Why do I do the taxes? I don't understand this because Willem pays the bills, but I do taxes. I don't like, and, and <laughs> if I were to suggest to him, why don't you do the taxes this year? He would absolutely take the entire stack of papers directly to the nearest tax preparer to do it. Like, like he, there were, he will not do them. Absolutely hmm. not. Not a thing. Likewise, as you said, I'm on Medicaid and I could afford it'd be a challenge a little bit, but I could afford to pay for my own outpatient insurance as well as so m m Medicare for, for people who are not familiar has a bunch of parts to it. Part A, part B, part C and part D. I don't know what they all are, even though I have them. I, this is the American system, but I think part A is outpatient. I think part C is medications. I think part B, B is hospitalization? Uh, close, close. Okay. Uh, part A is hospitalization. Okay. Part B is the outpatient. Part D, and this is the easiest way that I can tell people to remember part D. D for drugs. That's uh, the prescription So you, when you say by close, you mean I got everything wrong. <laughs> okay. I, I accept this. Okay. So the, the hospitalization... Part A, mm -hmm. it's free and automatic because I am on Social Security. And so I don't pay a dime for that. Any inpatient hospital stay for me is covered. At least up to 80%. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's, 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 it's we welcome to the, yes. But, yeah. but it's, it's basically covered. And, yeah. you know, so that's, the the thing about that is I don't pay anything for it. But the the, the part, part D, the the drugs, right? I wasn't on that for a long time, and when he switched jobs, I was like, well, why don't I just go fully on all in on Medicare? You know, put all eggs one Medicare basket. That seems smart. It didn't seem smart at all, but it seemed easy, and I was big on easy. And so we, we considered that. It, Plus, we weren't really sure if there was going to be a gap in coverage. Mm -hmm. 
we weren't really sure when the last day of coverage from his last job was going to be. And we knew that the first day of coverage for the new job was going to be two months after starting. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, there were going to be two months of not being covered. Let's get in the Wayback Machine to two weeks prior to the school year, two weeks prior to him taking this new job is when I had spinal surgery. So it's like I desperately, you know, for once I like I knew I had procedures coming up and I knew I had to have. Okay. And so I tell you all that to say that for reasons not clear to me at all, it's understood. It's not resented and it's not, there's no pushback on my part. I just don't understand it. That the rule is Willem comes home with a stack of papers from HR and hands them to me and says, tell me which insurance to get. And I do. And so that's, I, I, I just spent in the last six months, I spent hours pouring through this. And, you know, you mm-hmm. for once, you know, so when he was at the college job, we didn't really have any choice. It was, this is your option. Mm-hmm. And basically each year they would change it so that it was cheaper on the surface, but had crappier coverage. So that was exciting. And Sounds about right. Yeah. And then he he goes to the high school, which public high school, public school system. And suddenly we had like 10 choices. I didn't know how to cope. (laughs) Like this was wild but i spent hours one night just going through and like okay it's definitely can't be that one it, it can't be this one because our main providers are not in network for this mm-hmm. one and mm-hmm. now and i, I kind of narrowed it down to three and then with those three i compared you know okay what are the drug costs what are this what are that you know and, and finally we sort of closed our eyes and picked one and it was like okay we're gonna lose we're only gonna lose one provider by doing this okay that's not great, but we can live with losing one provider out of the list of, you know, we've got six of us in the house. Right. Right. Fine. And, and so it's just such a weird, like, I don't, I don't understand why that is my job in the family. I think it's so that I don't feel completely useless. Fine. Okay. But it's so complicated. And that's the, the kindergarten version that the HR gives you to try and sucker you into thinking that, Oh, it's just easy. It's just, it's no problem. It's, it's simple. And, and just with mm-hmm. that, I, it took me hours to compare the different options. Oh, I, I completely understand because when I was working for the federal government, um, gotta say benefits, generally speaking, really good. But when it came to going through the insurance, it's like you have to compare the premiums because th- there were like probably 50 different plans. Fifth, I'm not kidding. Wow. Like about fifty different plans. I'm surprised they don't just put government employees on it, on Medicare and be like, "Okay, here you are." I don't know. I, sorry, uh, I I, I yeah. tried to say a thing that made sense, but clearly, I, I don't know well, what I was thinking. Well, this whole system doesn't make any sense. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, going through fifty different plans. Okay, it's like okay, this one is just way too expensive based on my salary. I can't afford this. Uh, nope, nope, nope. This one's really cheap, but it doesn't cover crap. So nope. Um, and then of course it's like, okay, I have, you know, these providers who I have been seeing for years and it's like, I'm not losing them. I have to make sure that they are in network and then look at the copays and, and like, what's the copay for this plan versus this plan. And and it it was, it was overwhelming. It's like, you know, my mental health was my, I have mental health issues and, you know, let's just say going through this, not helping, not helping at all. No, no, it's terrifying because I, 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 I don't know what your specific flavor of mental health issue is, but for me, I'm, I'm pretty good on depression. One upside, sure. Upside of epilepsy is that it actually, for reasons we've never understood, uh, tends to decrease depression. Huh. So you've heard about ECT being a thing, right? Electroconvulsive therapy. Right. And right. the reason for that is that somebody noticed way back when that people who have seizures don't tend to be 
depressed. So let's induce seizures to decrease depression. And for certain forms of depression and certain types of seizures, it actually does sort of work. And so, cool, because I can't take SSRIs now because they cause seizures. So that's fun. But the flip side is that I developed, it's not, I I don't have OCD. I, I don't even really have like anxiety, like generalized anxiety, but I'll have situational anxiety that'll spike. When, you know, because I've been on disability for, oh, God, nine years now, almost. Thanks for that reminder, world. That was great. Um, I just I just aged in front of my own eyes. But so, yes, for almost nine years now, I've been on disability. And that uh, over time, you get used to it doesn't really matter if you miss something. It doesn't really matter if you screw something up. And even starting the podcast, like there's a lot of details to it, but none of them are high stakes details to mine. You know, mm-hmm. that, that if I get something wrong, as long as I follow the same routine, go through the same housekeeping each time, write down the same things every time I talk to somebody, we're good. No problem. But something like choosing insurance, that's p- potentially pretty high stakes. Oh, absolutely. Because if you miss one thing, all of a sudden... For the next year, you are screwed. Uh, well, and I am and my husband and my four children. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of people needing me to make sure I understand, which in itself is an issue at times. Like, my, my comprehension level is different than it used to be. I understand things intuitively better, but I don't understand words as well as I used to. And so now there's a lot of pressure on that. And there's a making sure that I accurately communicate it to Willem so that he can accurately communicate it to HR. Because any document, you you miss a signature or you miss a checkbox and suddenly <laughs> you're not covered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. So... So, yeah. I think I think you'll find people that show up on your show for for sure. For sure. I'm talking about it like it's a real thing. If you happen not to, it's not like I'll be like, oh, I cannot believe you didn't like <clears throat> you gotta it's gotta feel like the right time and the right thing. And there was a while during the pandemic, like in twenty twenty, Amazon actively sold out of podcast microphones. Like that's how many people started podcasts because we're all stuck at home. Right. And so what are you going to do? And I, I was snottier then about it, about like, don't start a podcast unless you really mean it. And still, I want people to have an accurate understanding of, of, of how much work it is. Like how I, I I'm not people who know me through the podcast would not know that I'm not all that much for social media. You know, that like so Facebook shows you your memories. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is nice because I don't have them myself, so that's fun. Um, But I only posted like once a week before I had the podcast. And even then it was only like somebody would remind me of something and be like, oh, right, okay. Uh But it just wasn't my thing. And and now it's like, well, you kind of have to because you have to get the word out about your show somehow. And social media is it. Everybody collectively hates Twitter with good reason. But it's a super strong way of advertising your show and finding guests and engaging with people. And it's more organized than something than like Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I'm still waiting. You know, Musk bought Twitter in October and there was a big exodus. But I don't know to where. Like, I don't know where everybody went. Some people went to Mastodon. Some people went to Post. Some people went to Hive. But each of those are problematic in their own ways. People went to Discord, which is great. But it's each individual server sits in its own space. And so you have to know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's, it's, all this, it's all this mess that you have to be prepared to let go of a fair amount of privacy. And you have to get over, like... I don't know that it applies to you. I don't assume that it does, but I'm going to assume that it does because it applies to everybody else on the planet. You have to get over the, I hate the sound of my own voice because you're going to listen to your own voice a lot. 
especially if early on when you're really nervous about making sure you do everything right. And, you know, now I've figured out how to approach it as though I'm listening to two other people speaking. And so okay. playing head games like that with myself helps, you know, learning which aspects of podcasting take a lot of time and energy in which aren't that bad. Thing, you know, things like that. It's just, there's just a lot of, and I, I feel like we're not honest enough with people. It's like people who have a podcast kind of act like, well, I just have, it's just a thing. I just have it. It's like a mushroom or whatever. Like I just have a mushroom. Here it is. I have a mushroom. Right. And it's, it's like, no, there's, there's a lot of details. There's so many details and I'm still, I'm five years in and I'm still learning things and somebody will drop like, have you tried this? And I'll be like, what? You know, it's some stupid trick on, like, I, I am embarrassed at how long it took me. To, <laughs> so I use Audacity, which is the free mm -hmm. sound editing right. um, digital audio workspace, workstation, um, the, the, the program that I use to edit sound. And <laughs> this is only funny because it's so stupid. There's, like, let's say you want to take out a certain 30-second clump of sound to be technical about it there's a long way to do it where you you know you highlight it and then you click in like three different places you know you select and highlight and delete this whatever it took me i'm not kidding when i say it took me like two and a half or three years to learn that if you just hit delete it just deletes <laughs> And like, I wrote on that discovery for days, just laughing at myself. Like I'd randomly be doing something else and I'd be like, I'm so amazed. The hitting delete, delete something. <laughs> right? So it's that kind of thing. It's like this constant learning thing. And it's not for everybody, but how are you going to know whether it's for you if you don't try it? Very true. And like you have, you have a mic. I can see that. Yes, I have a mic. Yeah. You have your bat, your buds, your your phone's head. You have the you have the tin can style. I have to use in ear buds because of my hearing. But you have you have musical like equipment and stuff, so like you can hear things. Yeah. Okay. You, you say that like it's obvious, but I cannot. So you know. So you could. It's it's a fairly low barrier to entry in the sense that like you could you you basically already own the equipment that you need to start so then it comes the emotional cost of can you and, and and it's it's not a rhetorical question it's a it's a legitimate but not one that i'm asking you to answer right now but it is a legitimate consideration of can you tolerate a failure if it doesn't work or does it not feel like a failure you know because maybe it just feels like i tried a thing it's a good question and yeah i'm not sure yet nor nor do you need to be you know it's you, you don't the, the one of the beautiful things about podcasting is that you don't you're not beholden to anybody else you can release one episode and say okay i did a thing i'm never doing that again <laughs> and that's not a failure that's just learning that the thing wasn't what i wanted it to be and so i don't want to do it anymore mm -hmm. you know my first i think three episodes certainly my first yeah, I think three are scripted and in more monologue and style. And when I was done, I hated them. I was like, this is stupid. This is work that I'm not getting paid for. And I don't like this. I don't want to do this anymore. And so in my case, I was allowed to shift because in podcasting, you can do that. You can say like, okay, well, that idea was cool, but it's not self-creating in the world the way that I want it to. I don't like what I'm hearing, you know, in, in details like you need art, you know, a logo, you need mm -hmm. music for, you know, as at least like an intro and an outro kind of thing. And there's a lot of lingo, the difference between a promo and a collaboration and swaps versus an ad drop or a feed drop, like all of these things, which are learnable, like, Look, if I can learn them, mm -hmm. it's not that I'm, I don't, I don't think that I'm stupid. It's just that learning is hard in a way for me now that, you know, 
you know the Kate for whom learning was easy. Because I was in high school. Learning was easy. It's, I, never had, I never did homework in high school. Never needed to. Never once. Like I, I, would, I, would, I could do it in the morning before class if, any, if I hadn't finished it in class. I, I was in AP classes. It was all just there. It was never hard for me. School was my escape. Home was the scary hard place. School was where I wanted to be. And so going from that, from things just come easily to me. Like when people were, when I, I, when I went to Clarkson for college in engineering school, I didn't know anything about engineering. I didn't want to be an engineer. I, I just didn't know what else I wanted to be except not home. Mm-hmm. And so I had the option and so I just, who does that? Who just goes to probably thousands and millions of people and there's nothing special about it, but it feels like a weird thing to do to, to just sign up for engineering classes and stay because I didn't have any better ideas. It took me three years, almost two and a half years of, of college for it to occur to me that maybe I could change majors and do something I like. So, you know, it's not that I've always been the quickest on the uptake. It's just that, <laughs> but that I learn things mm-hmm. I used to pretty quickly and easily. And then post brain damage between coma in 2010 and then epilepsy in 2016, like learning things is hard and I have to be shown multiple times. And, and I won't, I won't say who it is. But I desperately hope he's listening and, 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 and I hope he feels bad every single day about this is that there was a person that I was working with for a while who told me that, you know, sort of damning me with faint praise, your show's good and all, I guess, but it would be better if you learn. <laughs> listeners, if you could see the look on Bird's face right now, but I'm trying to do it with a straight face. It would be better if you could edit in this other software using so i use audacity and if you could learn reaper if you could use reaper it's a better program and this was someone that was important to me and i held in high esteem largely because they told me to they told me that they were really good at editing sound and i believed them because why wouldn't i like why i'm deaf i i don't know and so i try i i cannot like I sat, I got, I, I downloaded Reaper and Reaper has a, a free trial period, but you can extend it effectively indefinitely if you need or want to. And so I, you know, while everybody else is, is buying podcast mics in 2020, I decided, okay, I'm going to install Reaper and I'm going to learn how to do this. I spent hours and hours and hours and hours sitting at my computer and just just sobbing, just crying, because I could not make this program do the simplest things, like the, just simple. The only thing I've ever recorded in Reaper is my, my, the promo that like, if you go to like Twitter, it's my pinned tweet or, you know, or so, it, or if you hear my promo on another show, that's the only thing I've ever done in Reaper. And as soon as I did, I was like, I figured out how to do a thing in Reaper. Delete this goddamn program off my phone immediately. Like off my, off my computer. I'm never touching it again because it was so both stressful and distressing to mm-hmm. me. And that's when I kind of realized like, you know, I'm doing okay with what I know. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm saying is like, so by one metric, I failed at learning Reaper and at a pretty high emotional cost to myself. Like I really spent a lot of hours really beating myself up over my inability to learn this particular program, but I'm still here and I'm still doing the thing. Well, for, for what it's worth, Reaper's also got a really high learning curve. I've played around with it myself and I, I don't think that's one I'm going to be working with myself personally. So. I, it's it seems to be the right program for certain forms of like if you're doing layering of sound if you're doing a, mm-hmm. like a soundscape audio dramas heavily edited that sort of thing indeed all of which has its place in the world and that place is not on my computer fair enough fair enough but so it's a, it, it is a consideration i think i think you know 
like another major hobby of mine is knitting. I, I knit obsessively. Like I could probably knit you a small tasteful ranch house if you wanted one. Like that's <laughs> absolutely a thing I could do. And, you know, and I learned it in my late twenties and still kept with it. And I had to relearn it after the seizures because brain got scrambled, but I'm, I'm still here. I'm still doing the thing. And I believe kind of without I'm trying to think there are exceptions, but I believe that if you can write, then you can learn how to knit because there are multiple approaches, multiple ways to hold the needles, multiple styles of project you can try to make. There's different kinds of yarn out there, different kinds of whatever. So like you just, you have to want to. And my way of sort of backing that up is to say that I once taught a woman with only one hand how to knit well like she did a good job so with podcasting it's a similar deal of like there are limitations and it can be stressful and there are downsides but if it's a thing you want to try as soon as you hit publish that first time you are a podcaster we just sit with that one for a minute <laughs> <laughs> so i mean why though no, I, I do have a question though why podcast it rather than write it blog it create a book something like that who reads blogs anymore oh god people are gonna email me about that <laughs> but it's true i know i know okay but why but then why not instagram it or tweet it or facebook um i think the idea as far as doing a, a podcast is to literally give voice to the issues that people are facing. I vote, I vote you do. I'm, I'm for it. I vote you do it. All right. Well, like I said, it's still a work in progress. Probably not going to be coming out to a uh, podcast feeder near you anytime soon, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this idea. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So if you know me from high school, which was more than a minute or two ago, you know who Bert is, and you consider yourself lucky for it. I'm really intrigued by his idea for a podcast. I think he's smart enough to tread lightly, because you have to tread lightly with this sort of thing. You have to make sure that people understand, and not to get cute, 
but that this is not medical advice because there have been other podcasters out there who have erred on the side of sounding like they're giving professional advice, and that's a little dangerous. But I think Bird gets it. So I shuffled things around to get this episode out pretty quickly because I really hope this happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Lots of us have life get in the way, and I totally get that. You may have noticed that once again, my output has been minimal. I spent most of February in the hospital. You don't want details. Trust me. But if Bird's podcast had existed at the time, either before or during I went into the hospital, I totally would have been hitting him up for help because nobody seemed to know exactly what was going on except I wasn't doing well at all. It's whatever. I'm home now. I'm home today. And I was home yesterday, and I hope to be home tomorrow, and that's all I got. I've been hit with some fairly major diagnoses lately. I don't recommend them. So, anyway, I hope that you are doing well. I hope you're taking care of yourself. And I'll be back as soon as I can. The sooner the better. I don't want to go back to the hospital. I just hate it there. No offense to hospitals, but I just hate it there. So anyway, take good care of you, okay? You matter. <laughs>